Hey everyone, what's up? Uh, this is Mitch coming back for week two of our new podcast, and we have a new name. Uh, joining me today are my co-hosts, the best friend slash DFS slash house better guru, Wayne. What's up, Wayne? What's up, guys? And the cousin slash producer slash editor, Daniel. That's me. What up, Daniel? Oh, you know. It's a good week. It's a good week to be a Cowboys <laughs> fan. That's all I can Absolutely. say. Absolutely. You're not lying. We are excited to be back in the saddle this week after the that amazing comeback win against the Falcons on Sunday. And because of that win, we're also very excited to be previewing the upcoming game in Seattle as we face off against our second of five bird mascot teams of the season. We'll get into some more of that uh, bird gauntlet later in the episode. Um, but let's jump right in, man. What a game. Um, I admittedly did not have much of a chance to uh, watch the game itself. I listened to a little bit of it, of it um, when I discovered... Fun tidbit for you guys out there, you listeners. If you have DirecTV and are like me and too cheap to pay for Sunday ticket, <laughs> you can actually still listen to the game on the Sunday ticket ticket channel. You just can't see the video, which is what I ended up doing when I finally made it home from my drill weekend. Um, I listened to the end of the game and got to hear some of the excitement. <clears throat> but... Uh, before I get ahead of myself, we have a new name, a permanent name for our podcast. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you had to have clicked on it or selected it. Um, so you see that our name is now the Lawn Chair Cowboys. Um, if you followed our poll on Facebook, the overwhelming decision or choice was the uh, Cowboys dad pod. Or the Dallas dad bought, I think, um, what was the actual name. But upon investigating um, the use of the word dad pod in the podcast universe is extensive, to say the least. Yeah, you and guys. I, think you, it was, I was, go was going to say, you guys, are, you guys are dads. I'm not a dad. But the dad pod, from what I looked and the podcast was all about being a dad. So I didn't want to get kind of thrown into the whole, like people think that this is a podcast about being a dad, but the the name was just funny to me. Um, but lawn chair, uh, lawn chair quarterback, lawn chair cowboy, any of that stuff I, we search for and there's nothing. So it, it's actually easier to find. So, yeah. So, um, not that we didn't take into account your all's votes. We definitely did. We wanted to go with dad pod because we really enjoyed that name. But um, in the interest of making this podcast as easy as possible for you guys to get to, because obviously we want you guys to be able to listen easily. Um, and every week we decided to change that name or use the name that we felt would be most uh, search friendly. So, we settled with Lawn Chair Cowboys. 
which I say we settled, but I'm pretty happy with it. I think it's a stellar name, and yeah. our logo looks excellent. Thanks to all, our, all the hard work that Daniel put in. Um, so thank you once again, Daniel, for your for your work and your time putting into that. Yeah, dude, no problem. I enjoy doing stuff like that. That's what I'm here for. <clears throat> That's why we pay him the big bucks. <laughs> Still waiting on that check. <laughs> You'll be waiting a while. <laughs> probably got lost in the mail. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Freaking USPS anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. It's, all right. <laughs> it's 2020. I expected it to take a while. It's fine. It's fine. That's why Trump wanted to defund the postal service. Yeah. We won't get into politics. Yeah, let's let's oh, this is a politics free podcast. <laughs> Politic free zone. Please. So that being said, let's roll into week two. Um so yeah, the win. Man, what a game. Um I would love to know the odds. I think uh you I think you said something about ninety nine point nine percent chance of us losing at one point in that game, Wayne. And yeah. um yeah, we had a 0.01% chance to win the game. Um, actually, funny story is right around that same time, there was odds out there, um, a better for the Atlanta Falcons, thought he just was an easy $1,000 he could make. He put up $35,000 of his own money to win $1,050. You want to talk about puking? <laughs> I bet he really enjoyed that onside kick. I did. $35,000 down did. the drain. Dude, okay, so can I talk about, like, okay. That's I, a bad day. Yeah, like, okay, <clears throat> so it, every year I have to sit on Facebook or whatever social media platform I'm on, and it's always memes about the Dallas Cowboys in a bad way. You know how refreshing it was over the past two days to have memes like the Cowboys were in the meme, but we weren't the ones being made fun of. There were so, oh, yeah. so many good, like, <laughs> it was just, it was so refreshing. Yeah. It was so nice. I mean, let's talk about this for a second. Is there any team in the, since, I don't know, 2000, whatever. What? Well, let's just say, is there any team since the Falcons lost the Super Bowl to, um, the Patriots when they were up 28 to three that has literally shit the bed worse than the Falcons on multiple occasions. No, I don't think they said that um, there's only been 10 games historically that um, were, would be considered um, that big of a comeback mm-hmm. 10 games over the entire um, league's history. What was the one that was like 400 and some? Let me find it here. Here it is. The Falcons had 39 points and zero turnovers, and they lost to the Cowboys. Yeah. Teams were 440 <laughs> and 0 entering Sunday when achieving both of those marks. Yep. That's since well, since turnovers have been tracked in 1933. So that's almost 100 years worth of history there, 90 or 87 years worth of history there. But it's um, a little misleading. They should have had a couple of turnovers. They just kind of got lucky. Mm-hmm. Oh, they got lucky, and we'll talk about that too. But of course, but um, <clears throat> so uh, we were all kind of scrambling trying to figure out how we were going to watch or follow this game on Sunday. Um, you guys I think were Wayne and I were. Yeah, <laughs> I got you, to watch it. You 
you got to watch it. Got you got to watch out. it. But uh, Wayne and I were, I think, following both of us were following via GameCast on ESPN app. And uh, I used Yahoo. Okay. Well, it was very slow and not very uh, fun to do. Um, but I can tell you this it was super frustrating every time we kept seeing fumble pop up <laughs> on the freaking screen. Daniel, you want to talk about some of those lost fumbles? You you got to see them and witness them. It, it wasn't like we weren't just dropping the ball. They were punching it out of our hands. It wasn't like it just slipped out. Like I forget the defensive guy's name, but holy crap. Like every time they would go into tackle, they were, I mean, you know, they do that normally, but it seemed a lot more aggressive in this game. They were trying to force those turnovers and they succeeded and we just weren't ready for it. Like not nobody was ready for it. Crap! Everybody fumbled. Dak fumbled. Schultz fumbled. Elliot fumbled. Like it was just. I had literally all but given up. Once we once they went up, it was what twenty to yeah twenty to nothing or whatever it was. Twenty to nothing. Yeah, twenty zip. Yeah. Yeah. All on turnovers basically. Yep. And I I was watching it with my brother. We had the Bills game up, and the Cowboys game up on the TV at the same time. Um, He's a Bills fan. Um. And then the Bills went to a rain delay, so I got to just watch the Cowboys, and it was frustrating, to say the least. Um, but, I mean, it wasn't like we were just not protecting. Now, the, the Dak fumble, okay, yeah, he was. He should have gotten rid of the ball. You know, he, he should have done something but or pulled it in, but he didn't. But the rest of them, they were – it wasn't our fault. You know, they did everything right. Like looking at the the run that Elliot had, he held onto the ball uh, like he normally does. It just got punched out. Same with Schultz. I mean, you know, those things happen, and hopefully they don't happen that often, um, especially in the first quarter <laughs> of a game. Well, but, and and there was actually two other fumbles that. One we recovered, I believe. I think Dak fumbled another one and recovered it himself, possibly. And then, no, it was uh, Zeke. Yeah. Zeke had two. Or, not not Dak. Yeah, that's why I, I meant Zeke. Actually, Dak and Dalton both lost the ones that they right. And mm-hmm. then Pollard had a fumble, but they ruled him down right before. So yeah, yeah, a lot of ball security issues. Um, uh, concerning to say the least. But we we corrected it after the first quarter. So. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened, I don't know if they went and put some stick them on our gloves or what, but <laughs> whatever it. they did, whatever <laughs> they did, they fixed it after the first quarter. But man, oh man, you talk about a hole and putting yourself in a twenty to nothing first quarter deficit. You, I mean, I was just, I was pissed more than anything. I was frustrated, you know. Yeah. At that point, I didn't care if I was going to be following the game the rest of the day. And then by the time I get home from my hour and a half drive, not being able to follow any other game, I, I did get to hear a little bit of updates on um, um, the ESPN uh, channel on SiriusXM, and they were they were tossing in some updates every once in a while, and you know we would score a field goal, and then they would score another touchdown. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. But finally, when I got home, you know, I found a way to listen to the game and stuff and 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 as it kept getting closer and closer and I'm like this is this actually going to be possible 
See, and, I'm, uh, I'm, I need to get myself out of the, the Jason Garrett era mindset to where whenever we fall behind like that, it's just impossible to come back. Because, like, as soon as they went up 20 to nothing, I was, you know, I didn't, I didn't care if I listened to the game. I still wanted it up right. to see what happened. But, <clears throat> but like, but you whole, can't blame us really because, um, we're only two games into the non Jason Garrett era, right? So, I yeah. Mean, we got we got a little bit of time to get used to McCarthy and his ways, but boy, if that give, if there's anything that can can give you a little bit of hope, man, oh man, that was there that was, was okay. One of them, so. so there was there was one one positive out of those fumbles. Like yeah, there are fumbles, there are turnovers, there are bad. The the positive side of it now, like I want to, you know everybody listening, and you, Mitch, and you, Wayne, to listen. Like the positive that I got out of that is there wasn't some douchebag on the sideline clapping saying good job after we fumbled the ball. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. Clapper, clapper, so, clapper. Yeah, that's 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 my that's my positivity taking out of those fumbles. So I'm I'm with you hundred <laughs> percent. Sir claps a lot as I so uh lovingly named him. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't see the video, but I assume if you would uh pull up the moment when Saquon got hurt, he was probably clapping. <laughs> probably clapping. <laughs> oh, he probably, yeah, I can guarantee it. Yeah, probably this morning it? when he found out that uh, ACL injury. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. You gave it your Wouldn't all. Not. Yep. You, you put in an A-plus effort on that ACL sprain, yeah. tear, whatever. So, um we had a few uh, a few pretty interesting stats, I think, that came out of that game. Wayne, you, you said you had some stuff that you wanted to talk about that made it maybe make us feel a little bit better about how we looked. For sure, man. Um, so like I mentioned earlier while you were talking, um, they say that we had three turnovers. Uh, but really, if you can look at it with an open mind, we had probably – five because we what faked two punts and didn't make them mm -hmm. and one was yep. early when we were turning the ball over so effectively in the first in their first 20 points we gave them the ball on a short field uh one at the 22 yard line one at the 50 yard line uh gave them the ball on i don't know roughly like the 30 yard line and they drove to the 20 and kicked a field goal and then i think they got another fumble uh, drove 20 yards and kicked another field goal. So 20 points, they went up of us just giving them ball. So the funny thing is, is by the time we scored 24 points, because it was 20 nothing, by the time we scored 24 points, they were only kicking field goals. They only scored nine more points. So I think that the game would be a lot different if we could just control just the freebies. I mean, we're beating ourselves. They didn't have anything to do with that. Um, and we did have a little bit of trouble protecting Z uh, Dak uh, early, but PFF graded the game and said that after the turnovers, uh, the Falcons could only get, um, what did you say, pressure. They call it pressure. They could only get pressure on 25% of the pass plays um, and dropbacks that he had. So I thought we did pretty good for two tackles that, you know, I think both of them might have been undrafted, but, you know, no superior talent. We wouldn't have played them any other uh, reason. And if we can get Tyron Smith back, you know, we'll probably put him in. But 
if they're going to play that good, I don't know that we'll rush him back if he's just going to get hurt again. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they came together and the whole team really rallied towards the end, got together um, as a team, probably gelling a little better. Um, we didn't have a preseason, so, man, you know, two, three games into it, people start uh, getting a feel for how to play with each other. You know, it could just turn on from here. Um, right. I like what I saw, though. I mean, Zeke's running harder than I've ever seen him run before. Um, Schultz, I mean, I don't give you too hard of a time, but I will say that you weren't on the Schultz train last week. <laughs> and Schultz, you know, is a more athletic version of Jason Witten to me. Uh, he had a great line, um, and he actually had the most targets of all of our wideouts. So I think Dak really likes him, and he proved himself to be reliable. Um, I was very impressed by him. Yeah, he um, played really well. I do also think that, you know, we just got kind of unlucky in a turnover game. There was um, two very obvious um, turnovers that we should have had. Worley just dropped one. I mean, that's why he's a defensive back and not a wide receiver on the first drive. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And then, which wouldn't have mattered much, it gave us a shorter field, maybe a little momentum. But the, the Diggs one, where he should have had the pick in the end zone, would have been real nice to have. Um, you know, if we can just clean some stuff up on the offensive and defensive end, you know, our defense is actually looking really good uh, for all the injuries we've had. Offensive line's going a lot better than I would assume with two tackles that uh, don't have that much experience playing together. Yeah, like yeah, um, <clears throat> kind of like going back to like last week, um, we held the Rams to 20 points. You know, that's really not bad. Um, and technically, you know, after turnovers and things, we really only – we held the Falcons to pretty much just 19 points, um, right. you know, apart from the turnovers. So, you know, like we won't count the the 20 that they got from the turnovers – so in two weeks, we've only allowed really 39 points. You know, I, that's, you know, that to me, that's not bad. And, you know, our defense does look a little porous, yeah, at times. But whenever you look at the the points, like, they're not doing as bad as it looks. So it kind of gives me promise right. that hopefully, you know, as the season goes, as we get rolling and gelling, that we'll, we'll kind of, you know, and if we can fix the mistakes, the turnovers, things like that, that will be, you know, we could probably hold a lot of teams to less than 20 points. And that that's promising. It's going to be huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- to, I think, to I think as, a West for, as a West Virginia fan, it reminds me of the old three three five bend don't break mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've, we've given a little bit of ground, but we always seem to uh, either leave them with a field goal or, or, or make them uh, get off the field on a crucial third down. Um, although we gave up a little too many of the third downs this week, um, let them convert. But yeah. I think it's uh, I think it's uh, Saban who said it's uh, famous for saying um, on defense you want to your goal is for every drive to end in a kick, um, whether that be you know them kicking a field goal or them punting you want to make them kick or kicking um, themselves in the ass for turning the ball over <laughs> or yeah <laughs> um so the, you know that's one thing you know i think 
we're getting, you know, we're seeing a little bit of that. You know, Young Hoku had one, two, three. He had four field goals. You know, those are that's four drives where, you know, we been we bent a little bit, but we you know held them off when they had all the momentum too. After that, four, they went up quick to fourteen nothing, and um, you know after that we we kind of we kind of started to stand a little bit stronger. So that was good. Um, <clears throat> one thing I wanted to talk about too was you know the the fact that you know the O line is patchwork right now. And we only gave up one sack, mm-hmm. you know, that they got some pressure. Um, they, you know, they did cause the the sack fumble, but um, let me look at, they got six hits on the QB in total. Um, so, you know, and that's counting, you know, just getting back there, even if he throws the ball yet, you know, he gets hit. So really that's not bad when you're talking about, you know, your starting right and left tackle are out. And well, a lot, a lot of that was early. Like I said, at 25% pressure, uh, you know, in the last probably two thirds of the game, hmm. according to the PFF grading. Right. And, and for those who don't know, PFF is pro fan or pro football focus. Um, they do a lot of work with uh, next gen stats, so to speak. Um, they go really deep into, the play of the game and really give you some insight that maybe you don't get just from just a general uh, discussion or, or analysis of the box score. And they, they'll give you actual grades of each player and how they performed um, in each individual game and everything. So it's a really interesting site. I think you have to pay to get all the cool details, but yeah, they give you a little bit of uh, uh, free stuff. Um, and then some of the free stuff you don't understand, which is part of their ploy probably to get you uh, subscribed so you know more. But according to them, um, our expected points added per play was 0.36, and they called that impressive. So I'll take it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they said on 10-yard passes and uh, deeper, Dak went 9 for 15 for 243 yards, um, which, I mean, that's awesome. That means we were doing a good job beating our guy on our routes. So yeah, absolutely. And you know, Matt Ryan, we even though he scored or he threw four touchdowns, um, you know, we held him to 273 yards passing. That is not a huge day. I mean, yes, he was efficient, but we he was given short fields um, on multiple occasions in the first quarter, and then after that, they didn't really they had. I think two long drives after that. The rest of them were punts or or field goals. Um, and you know, Dak really showed his you know moxie, his his leadership, and this freaking idiot fans who truthfully watched that game and thought that Dak hadn't no has no leadership ability. Dude, I mean, there are so many people uh, that I saw that were like saying that Dak didn't have a good game like what fucking boat or sorry like i don't mean to cuss but like what rock are you living (laughs) under 450 (laughs) yards passing three rushing touchdowns like come on 85 qbr and 109 passer rating like 
And yeah, I mean, he had a heck of a game, and you know, there's there's always going to be haters, especially as a uh, you know, being Cowboys fans, we know this. Oh, this, every these week. were these were on Dallas Cowboys fan Facebook pages that only like oh I know that these are like it's. <laughs> do you want Andy Dalton? Like, come on, you got to see him for a play. Good. <laughs> That's all you get this year. <laughs> like, go, gee, fucking baby. Well, listen, like, I felt get out incredibly uh, thankful that when he went out that play, that it was Andy Dalton coming in and not just oh, um, yeah. you know, not Danucci or whoever. You know, maybe he'll be a good quarterback one day, but not today. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he a pit guy? Yeah, he. I think yeah, he was. Pit. Yeah, he's he's gonna be terrible if he ever played at Pitt. <laughs> The <laughs> shit pit. Uh, All right. So, um, once again, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, are you out there? Are you out there calling Doc Demarcus Lawrence? You registered to vote today. Can you please register <laughs> a sack sometime soon, please? But Everson Griffin, um, once again, he showed up strong. He was our only guy with a sack, um, but good to see the new guys continuing to do some work. Joe Thomas, second on the team in tackles with 12. Yeah, I thought Thomas and had a, QB a, a hit. really good game. Oh, yeah, he played really well. Trevon Diggs, you know, rookie coming in, he had six tackles, um, and they were all solo tackles, and he had that pass breakup that should have been an interception. Um, I think that was one of uh, one of Daniel's – Bold predictions was Diggs would get his first interception. He was really close to getting that um, for sure. Alden Smith didn't uh, play quite as well as he has um, in other games, but I tell you what, the the man is still going to be a force to be reckoned with in this team going forward for sure. He had five tackles, um, two solo, so he was in a, in on a lot of group tackles there. So um, once again, Daryl Worley, you know, WVU guy. Had the other pass deflection, should have been interception in the first. That was the first quarter, I believe. And um, also had uh, three tackles to go along with that. So some of those new guys that uh, put in some work for us. Um, but our defense once again took another hit. Awuzie went down with a hamstring injury. Um, still waiting to hear some updates on him as far as whether he'll be able to play on Sunday um, against the Seahawks or not. He is listed currently as questionable, but we'll find out later on in the week, I'm sure, Yeah. Um, whether he'll be able to go. So hopefully we'll not be missing him too bad, but he didn't play for the entire game, and um, our defense seemed to do pretty well without him um, when he wasn't in there. So, <clears throat> And then um, one thing that I wanted to bring up um, that – I thought was a pretty fun little tidbit, an exciting little tidbit. What you um, so do you remember who the person was who recovered the onside kick at the end of the game? Yeah, uh, good one from, from Fairmont. CJ Goodwin, that's right. Yeah, He is not from Fairmont. He's actually from Wheeling. No, he played and Fairmont. He, he played for Fairmont State. Yeah. I did um, not know that in college. Yeah, so sorry, pretty cool everyone else. Connection there. Know what we're thinking, but yeah, Fairmont State. Yeah, Fairmont State University. Um, 
and 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 in Fairmont, West Virginia, and he grew up in Wheeling. Went to high school in Wheeling. Yeah. Um, he played. Well, he actually started his college career at Bethany, and then he uh, transferred to Fairmont State, and then shortly after that, he transferred to Cal U in Pennsylvania. He also um, didn't pull in the uh, reception on the fake punt. Yeah, that was going to be my other thing. Was he was the <laughs> the first uh, fake punt pass. Wayne stealing my freaking thunder on my fun tidbit. But listen, um, like, like but yeah, um, they the must really pass. like him if um, if he's the uh, guy in both spots. Um, you know, when we're trying to get something going. So oh, they do, really and um, you know he he was uh, he was a free agent this this off season, and we decided to keep him around. He has been a stellar special teams guy. Um, in 2019, he led the special teams and with 10 tackles. Um, so we re-signed him in March to keep him around. Um, so, you know, he's he's actually, you know, going to be one of those guys that I think you'll see, especially with all these injuries we've got. He's He's getting a chance to prove himself and earn himself some more playing time. But uh, didn't realize, you know, the connection until one of my buddies had had uh, uh, commented on one of our posts about the onside kick, and he had played, or um, I think he had gone. He was in college at the same time as one of the buddies that I uh, um, or that follows our Facebook page, and he commented on it, saying that he he was in college with that guy um, hmm. at Fairmont State. So pretty cool. Um, little connection to West Virginia there. I always love those. Of course, Daryl Worley being on the team as well. Um, you know, having a WV guy is always nice to be able to have on your favorite team. Um, especially when we got rid of Tavon last year and or after last season. So it's good to have some WVU and, and West Virginia pride on your favorite team. Mm-hmm. Um, so fun little connection there for our West Virginia listeners, in case you didn't know. Um, I think he also had a couple of plays maybe in the uh in the Super Bowl when Atlanta was in the Super Bowl, did he not? I believe. Um yeah, he was he was in see here. In two thousand sixteen he played in fourteen games with one start, recording seventeen tackles, two passes defense, and ten special team tackles. Good one when the Falcons reached Super Bowl. Uh he recorded two total tackles in the game. I think one of the tackles he had was a pretty um uh, you know, like a touchdown saving tackle or something. Cause I remember somebody pointing out that that guy was from West Virginia when it happened. Hmm. So, but pretty cool little connection there. Um, <clears throat> now, is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about uh, before we move on to the Seahawks? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, Listen. wait, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> before you before you do that one because I forgot about Daniel. Um, <laughs> thanks. Um Daniel was leading into it and then he he didn't close it. But he was talking about our defense and how we stood up um after those initial turnovers and uh, only allowed the Falcons to score nineteen points. Um and what was my score prediction again? Forty one twenty. So Daniel that. basically negated nineteen <laughs> points. Uh, or 20 points of uh, of the Falcons' score, thus making the final score actually 40 to 19. My predicted score was 41 20, so I win this week. Yes, I'm marking it down as a victory. I mean, I'll let you have fair. this one. 
to, to be fair, we don't know what would have happened on any of those drives they might have gotten. But we don't know nope. if we would have scored Dan- on those drives either. Daniel but already we'll negated the points. You. We'll give it to you. We'll give it to you. As the host, I'm taking I'm, I'm taking <laughs> taking over and and take staking claim on this victory. I see how it goes. All right, Wayne, what do you got for us? I mean, mainly I just wanted to um, throw this out there. I think we talked about it last week too, but uh, I hate to go this whole game um, review and not mention it because I know that some of the, the listeners uh, have mentioned to us last week that they really wish they could um, comment on some of the stuff we're talking about. So they may have felt that we've ignored this. Um, So I'll bring it up and talk about it and you guys can say what you think about it. Um, But I really feel uh, like McCarthy is, is pushing for the fourth down calls and maybe some of the other calls to be aggressive, to really show who he is um, early and often. And I think that I don't know that that'll be him the entire season, but I think early in the year, I think he's just – I think he just wants to everyone to know that he's just going to do whatever it takes to win. He's, he's setting put, a tone. Yeah. He's setting a tone of, of you know, he's not – you know, I, I, you mentioned it earlier, but, like, it's refreshing to not have Jason Garrett as the head coach because we know in those situations that Fine. our head – so far, I mean, two weeks in now, but that our head coach has a spine. So it's nice to – it's refreshing to know that. Also, he may think that our offense is so good that he can just give away um, drives, kind of like you used to do on Madden. He'd be like, eh, it'll be all right. I'll, once I kick it after I score the next time. Right. Yeah, he's yeah, also no, – That's he's, a great point. He's putting everything on tape. So whenever anybody's doing any kind of game planning, they're not going to know what we're going to do on fourth down in our own territory. Yeah. You know, like he's he's making teams guess and putting it down on tape like that early in the year. That's what people are going to be watching through the whole year. So teams are going to have to be alert for him the entire year. And I love it. I love the aggressive. I I, I love it. It hasn't worked yet, but I love it. You know, but it, it's it's one of those things where you know you, you see guys like. Um, you know, Sean McVay and, and these younger coaches that are coming up and they're aggressive and they're, they're, you know, like Kyle Shanahan and, and all these young guys that, that have taken over teams that play similarly to the way our, our offense looks. But, you know, prior to the season, they've, they've always just had that extra edge of like, you never know what to expect. You know, like McVay could turn around and do anything at any moment and you just, you wouldn't be surprised. Like, Mm-hmm. you know you you are surprised but you're not because this you know you realize that he's he's ballsy he's he's willing to take risks and you know even though McCarthy is is you know wily old vet as far as coaches go um you know he does have that that um you know that streak about him that that you know where you you just can't predict him he's un, he's an unpredictable you know uh uh, coach, head coach, and mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that. Um, I, I would imagine most of those decisions are are falling on him to be made, and not, um, you know, awesome. not on the OC. Um, but regardless, you know, it's it's refreshing to see, uh, you know, a leadership that's willing to take risks, um, put 
put some, you know, uh, moxie out there and, and, and really lead with, um, aggressiveness. It's mm. just, it's just awesome. I love yeah. it. And that's what this team has been lacking for the last three years, for sure. Uh, since, since Dak and Zeke have been around. Yeah. Yeah. And one more thing on the, uh, Seahawks game and then we can wrap up the, um, review or the uh, Atlanta game, we can wrap up the review. Um, I know that me, you, and Daniel had talked about this in the group chat, but um, I saw this post and um, kind of went over the end of the game, and I thought it was really good, especially, you know, the stuff that Dak's been through, you know, the past few months. But uh, C.D. Lamb, our rookie, um, said that he didn't want Dak Prescott to feel like everything was on him for the final drive. So right before the last drive, he said – Dak, you know, we're all behind you. We got you. Um, everyone just needs someone to talk to. And he wanted to be that person, he says. Um, then on that final drive, obviously, to set up the game-winning field goal, who does Dak find for 24 yards? C.D. Lamb. Mm-hmm. So I really like that our guys are, are uh, like I said, coming together, gelling. Um, they didn't have preseason. So, you know, first two, three games are almost like a preseason for us. Um, so hopefully we can get everything worked out and then just, you know, sky's the limit. Absolutely. <clears throat> All right. So um, leading into the Seahawks, um, and I mentioned it at the, in the intro, <clears throat> we have a, uh, we have a um, bird gauntlet that has been presented to us. It was uh, brought up in the uh, preseason Whenever the schedule came out, and um, I don't believe that any team has ever in the history, let me bring it up here, in the history of the NFL, been able to defeat all five of the Bird in a single season. Creatively dubbed the Bird Gauntlet. So in week two, obviously, we faced the Falcons. We beat them um, 40 to 39. Next week, we play the Seahawks. Week six, we play the Cardinals. Of course, uh, we play the Eagles twice, week eight and week 16. And then the Ravens on in week 13. So not only um, do we play all of the bird team, but all of the bird teams are dangerous, mm-hmm. except for the Eagles. They suck. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> So you've got Matt Ryan, Matty Ice. The Falcons gave us everything we could handle and then some. Next week we probably got the you know, the first two week MVP if there was to be an early MVP in Russell Wilson. Um and the Seahawks who are explosive on offense. Um pretty porous on defense right now. And think we'll get into that a little bit more as we go into the Seahawks game further in depth. Um, Then we have on a a, a first Monday night game of the season for us, uh, which actually it's our only Monday night game against uh, the Cardinals on October 19th. And the Cardinals look good, really good. Uh, Kyler Murray does not look like I thought he would look like out of sorts and not really fitting in the NFL and um, they've got that team of humming out there. Um, and then we go 
to Philly on November 1st to play them on a Sunday night. Um, not really concerned about that game right now. I'm not really concerned about any of the games except for Seahawks right now, but the way the Eagles are looking currently, I'm, I don't think that they're going to present too much of a threat, but who knows by that time, depending on how healthy we are. And then um, first weekend of December, um, actually it's a Thursday night game. We'll play at Baltimore against uh, the obviously strong uh, team that they've got going right now with Lamar Jackson and, and all those weapons in uh, Baltimore. So that should be a fun game to see and then close out the bird gauntlet on December 27th, two days after Christmas um, facing the Eagles in Dallas. So we have a really good chance to, I think, beat the Eagles for sure. Um, The Cardinals, I think we can win uh, depending on uh, Kyler Murray and how, how well our secondary can, uh, you know, hold DeAndre Hopkins um, below 10 catches probably because <laughs> that man's just catching everything right now. Uh, maybe he'll catch Corona and then he won't have to play us. <laughs> Jeez, don't say Man. that. That's what I mean. He's going to be fine if he does. Wow. He's going to be fine if he does. <laughs> just saying, just like catch it, like be asymptomatic for two weeks and, and come back healthy afterwards. <laughs> Um, but this weekend we have <laughs> probably the hardest competition we've had in the season so far. And that's saying a lot because we've already lost a game and gone to the wire against, uh, Atlanta. But this team right now is playing better than the other two teams. I think everybody can agree on that, at least, uh, at least offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got, uh, you got that, or you got Russ, um, who's just playing at an MVP level right now. There's a lot of very early, obviously, um, but early MVP discussions for Russell Wilson and the way he's playing um, with all those weapons that he's got, Chris Carson. And I mean, it seems like their receiver list is a mile long um, that, you know, they're they're a formidable offense. But um, looking back through the list of the uh, bird gauntlet, um, you know, and, and we all kind of shared what our predictions were on the season prior to. I think we all agreed. Um, we all predicted 12 and 4. Um, but we all predicted us beating the Rams as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to go back and look at those those predictions, but I'm pretty sure none of us have us beating all five of the birds. Um, I think we all think we're going to lose to the Ravens, if I'm not mistaken. Um and this may be one of those games that I think Wayne possibly predicted we would lose, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, I think I did. I yeah, because because going in any game in Seattle is tough when you go in there with a twelve. Um, not today, uh, you know not they're they're always they're always a challenge. But absolutely, that's one thing that that we have to look forward to is not having that fan or that crowd. Um, on their side, that's going to be a huge, huge benefit for us. Um, I still remember that game. God, what season was that? The was that the season? That was the season that we went um, to the Green Bay game in, in Green Bay, wasn't it? Um, the year that we went into Seattle 
and beat Seattle and Romo through that before. crazy catch on the sidelines or wait. on like a fourth and something. It was yeah. yeah. That was that was the same. That was the regular season. Was yeah, it was like the regular days. season finale or something, yeah. like one of the last games of the season. Yeah, because we weren't worried if we had to go to uh, Seattle that postseason. We thought we would pull right out. because you even because you guys were even talking about going to Seattle if we beat if we beat pack if we beat the Packers. You, oh yeah, you, I had the you and Slane were talking about going. While I was in the yeah, while I was in the stadium, I had the tickets pulled up. Now, yeah, Randy and Casey probably would have killed us. But uh, we was looking at it. <laughs> Luckily, yeah, I totally remember because you were you were asking me, and I'm like, "There's no way I'm going to Seattle." <laughs> I'm sorry, I would love to go, but not only would Darissa not allow it, but there's just no way I can afford it because <laughs> I had just had a kid. I think like literally weeks prior to that. I'm so pretty it's, sure it's gonna it's gonna be rainy and windy uh, on Sunday in Seattle. Uh, 65 degrees, 10 to 15 mile an hour, and a chance of rain being about 60%, it says. So um, we're looking. Weather might come into play for right. the first time this year. And 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 looking at uh, uh, probably a focus on the run, and, and I think we can agree. While Chris Carson is good, I don't think um, he is Ezekiel Elliott good. So hopefully we can lean on that and and really uh, dominate the line of scrimmage, um, which I think is a strength with our you know fill-in linemen right now, um, especially on the right side um, because you know not having Lyle Collins is is definitely a downside, but um, Terrence Steele really does do a good job on um, on run blocking, so I, I think he's a good fit for that. Um, that scheme. Hopefully, we'll see. But if the weather holds up, it could be a shootout in in Seattle because, and we'll get to this later on with the fantasy predictions. But um, Seattle's terrible against the pass, and um, I would like to be able to use those weapons. They're they're not a great defense overall, um, but they're really really not a great defense against the pass. Um, so depending on the weather could have an effect on our fantasy predictions later on. <clears throat> so, um, Daniel, mm-hmm. how do you feel about Sunday's game before we move on over to Wayne? This Sunday's game against Seattle? Yes. Yes. I have mixed feelings about it, um, mainly because it's Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf. Uh, after watching <laughs> what he did to Stefan Gilmore this past week, it, uh, he's kind of coming into his own. DK Metcalf is. <clears throat> I mean, Stefan Gilmore's the best cornerback in football right now. I mean, he what he won Defensive Player of the Year last year, I think. Right? I believe. I think did. so. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds right. And I I heard something today. I forget how long it's been since he's even allowed a touchdown, but it's been a while. And DK Metcalf was all up in his business this past Sunday. So that worries me a little bit. Um, Russell Wilson um, is. You are Russell correct. Wilson. It was he did win. Did I just win? I googled it just to make sure, and okay. he did win. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, I've got his PFF up here, but it's I don't. I've never delved into PFF, so it's really hard to see. Because I was looking for that um, 
that stat that I heard earlier when the last time he allowed a touchdown was, but I can't find it. I don't. I just don't know how to read PFF, but <clears throat> it's been a while. Let's just say that. Um, but yeah, Russell Wilson is playing like an MVP right now, and you know, hopefully, like like you said earlier, that we can get into that bend but not break kind of mentality. But the big plays that Russell Wilson Wilson can just make happen at any given time scare me. Um, we can just chuck it down the field for. 50 60 yard touchdown like it just it worries me um but if the weather is like you say it is hopefully it'll be a ground and pound game and we can control the clock that's what i'm kind of hoping for um just dominate time of possession use zeke get pollard involved and just ground and pound it and try to keep their offense off the field and i think that's how we'll win absolutely i agree um I just uh, got curious. I'm scrolling around on ESPN site, and uh, right now their matchup predictor based on the football ESPN's football power index has them favored at a 60.6% to 39.1% with a 3% chance of a or a 0.3% chance of a tie. So uh, yeah, I've been seeing like 70% chance to <clears throat> win and uh, 30% chance for us. Yeah, uh, this whole time. <clears throat> Yeah, so Wayne, uh, what's your analysis on um, um, the game upcoming against the Seahawks? Well, I'll actually um, go ahead also into the line, but um, it started off as Seattle being a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and apparently everyone thought that was uh, a little generous uh, for Seattle, so they started taking Seattle. Um, It's gotten up to – Seattle a five point favorite right now and an over under. So the total is it's 55 in a lot of places, but the average uh, overall everywhere I think is 55 and a half. Um, and I actually think that um, without the weather actually being horrendous, I think it's going to be an easy game to get over on because um, I think it's going to be super easy for both teams to be in the. Um, 30s, uh, 30-point range or higher uh, during this game. Um, two of the worst defensive uh, teams statistically through the air. Um, I think that we're exact same team as each other, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. I, think, um, I think Seattle is a little bit worse in the secondary, which is hilarious given the guys that they got. Um, but I'm also kind of worried Jamal Adams might be a little hyped up for the game to try to show Dallas what they missed out on. Um, uh, yeah, don't get me started on that. Yeah, well, he's not worth anyways, two first-round picks. Uh, so. <laughs> I, I, just because I'm going to be a homer here, I'm going to take Dallas to win just because the pass defense is so horrible and Dak's proven to be so good over 10 yards. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll put a little bit of a caveat here. If we can keep him um, standing up, and not allow him to be sacked multiple times. I think that uh, Dallas will win 41 to 34. Oh. Maybe it's too early for a score prediction, but uh, um, that's fine. Okay. I think that you said 41 34. 41 34 Dallas. Okay. Um, now, realistically, it's probably going to be much closer than that um, and be within a field goal. And be a toss-up. I really have no idea, but what I'd like to see happen is 41-34 Dallas. 
um, on a strong, um, strong effort by Dak. I think probably can I do my uh, prediction here? Your bold prediction? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Bold prediction. I think Dak, which by the way, my bold prediction last week was way off, but let's do it again this week. <laughs> bold prediction this week. Dak Prescott throws for over 500 yards for the, what, probably first time in Dallas history. I've had to fact check that, but I think that might be true. If anybody had one, I, it would have to have been Romo, but I would yeah, have to go back and look. I don't think anyone did. So I, th- <laughs> I think that um, he's easily going to hit the 400-yard mark uh, passing. I mean, easily. Uh, Matt Ryan had close to 450, and Cam, I like to run the ball. Newton had 397. So um, I think it's a good week for everyone on fantasy, too. Um, but, yeah, I've, it's just going to be a high-scoring game, man. We're the highest implied total on the slate, and it's just two teams that like to score, um, don't like to play a lot of defense. So the – uh, Tony Romo, 560 yards, Cowboys versus Denver, October 6, 2013. Okay, is that the record? Yep. Yep, for That's Cowboys. That's got to be the most. Yeah. yeah. So, bold prediction, he breaks the Cowboys single-game passing record. Wow. Damn. Yep. It's going to happen. Well, that's good for my fantasy team because he's my quarterback, so. That's who I would play. <laughs> 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 yeah. All yeah, right. That's really so, all I got. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty – cut and dry on this game I, there's not a whole lot to talk about everyone's got injuries but when it comes down to it it's uh it's going to be a uh, track show i think wow so i think um i think yeah we're safe to just roll right into the predictions i think yeah for score wise and for me i'm going to go opposite of wayne on this one i think we're going to be uh especially given the per- potential for the weather i think this game is going to end up being um one of those that everybody is shaking their head or scratching their head and saying why are these teams not scoring more um it's just one of those it just feels like it's i I don't know for some reason i just feel like it's not going to be as as a high scoring game as what's predicted i'm going to hammer the under um and go with a final score i'm going to say and and for the sake of not being a homer because i i think i did predict seattle would win this game in our our preseason predictions so i'm going to take seattle um i think they're going to win a close one but uh uh, I think it would be a blowout if the 12 was there. Um, I think we're going to look at probably a 28 to 20 game. How are you going to be a host of a Dallas Cowboys podcast and pick against the Cowboys? Wait, wait hold, yeah, hold on. Hold on. You, you I'm not being a homer. The, hold on. You think against the worst team in the league, dead last, the worst team in the league, we're going to score 20 points. Yeah. <laughs> because it's going to be, I think the weather is going to be a factor. I think there's going to be a lot of rain. Blizzard, I think we'd score 30. Well, that's your prediction. 
And I won worst, last week's prediction. I'm going to win this week's. The worst team in the league, man. All right. They're not the worst team in the league. They're worst defensively. defensively They're not the worst yeah. team in the league. Well, I mean, we're not throwing against their offense. Well, we're <laughs> not going to be throwing very much against their defense either because it's going to be raining like crazy. All I right. think we're going to be running the ball. It's going to be a lot of long, slow drives, long possession, long possession drives that are going to chew up a lot of clock, and that's why we're not going to score a lot of points. I'll, I'll eat the crow next week if it happens. And oh, I need a bold prediction. Um, so I'd say my bold prediction is. We will. Hmm. That's a tough one. I was trying to think of something that would would benefit our. Be positive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not much positive in twenty points. Well, I know, yeah, right? But I predicted that we were going to lose this game. I can't be a homer on every single episode and predict we're always going to win because we're we're There's we're trying no to tout. We're, no we're trying to tout the show to be realistic, positive. being realistic, but positive. yeah, positive, but realistic. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, so I'm going to go with, um, I think that our defense is going to, um, well, I don't want to say that cause it's going to take the whole season to find out. Um, but I think, <laughs> I think we're going to hold Russell, um, to his lowest, well, that that's not even that bold. I was going to say his lowest fantasy total of the season, but there's only been two games. Um, <laughs> it's hard to really project when you're three games in. Um, let's just go with we will finally get Demarcus Lawrence in the sack column with. Two and a half sacks. Now Daniel has to pick something different. Oh, I've already got mine, boy. Come on now. <laughs> she... <clears throat> okay. All, All right. right. Go ahead. Is it my turn? Is it my turn? Cowboys yeah. win. 30... Turn. Wait, what was your prediction, uh, Wayne? Um, four, what? 42 to... 41-34. Oh, okay. 41-34. Okay. My prediction, Cowboys yeah. win 35-27. And my bold prediction is Zeke... Elliot goes over 200 all-purpose yards. I see uh, Zeke having a big game this week. I like that better than any of our other bold predictions. <laughs> Getting him involved, he'll have you know 50 plus passing yards, and then I think ground and pound yeah. it in the rain. Okay. Yeah. So that's my. So bold if prediction. it doesn't rain much, then mine's going to come to be true. But if it rains, it's between you two. Probably. Okay. <laughs> if it doesn't rain, I'm all for your score, Wayne. But if it's going to be a weather game, I I don't think we're well. I mean, hopefully it's like 49 zip. But that's <laughs> <ain't happening. laughs> I mean, if we could shut out the Seahawks, like Stephen A. Smith would probably have a heart attack and die. So, oh my gosh! Well, he would blame it on the Seahawks. He wouldn't say the oh. Cowboys played a great game. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, it would. It would be that the Seahawks choked and uh. um. Although I did, I did agree with him this week. He said that uh, they should just go ahead and fire Dan Quinn. Uh, I totally agree. 
Yeah, that's I don't even funny. listen to them. So it was on a, it was on a link on Facebook, I think, and uh, or maybe Twitter, and I watched it, and I was like, makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, but I see, that's still more. not that's still not positive for the Cowboys. That's just like fire your head coach, Falcons. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you basically, like, you're so terrible. You lost to the Cowboys. You should fire your head coach. Yeah, exactly. Oh no, I agree. I'm just saying, I agree with them. I mean, they had. Yeah. There's no. Okay, sorry, not to go back to the last game. There's no way that we should have won that game. Get the fuck out no. of here! Like, we oh, should have no. won point, that game. Point. I mean, no, maybe it was point one, but you know, less yeah, than but, a tenth of a percent. I mean, there were so many opportunities too, and we didn't even talk about it too. The the pass that Russell Gage threw to to Jones that he dropped Jones and he up. dropped it in the end zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has Julio Jones ever dropped a pass? I don't think he's ever dropped a pass. Yeah, it's like the dropped. first time uh, ever in history of, of yeah. all Julio Jones plays <laughs> that he's ever dropped a pass. Well, go, Fairly go, certain. Go Google that. That's that's <laughs> Let's fact check that. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, there's no way that Julio Jones I know, has never obviously, dropped Obviously, clearly, I know that. Uh, I'm being <laughs> facetious. P-A-S-S, pass, Wayne. Can you spell it? <laughs> the exact play drops up and says, Gage took a direct snap and saw Julio Jones free behind Travolta. First drop pass of his career. I'm First you. one he's ever First made, and he blamed it on his hamstring. First, no, first dropped pass that he's ever had from Russell Gage. Yes, that is a fact. Yes, that yeah. <laughs> so, eight passes. He's dropped eight passes in his whole career. That's amazing. See, I'm telling know, you, like true. that's it's basically that's that's pretty freaking. That's basically like not dropping a pass because that's look. ridiculous. I mean, that's this a, was that's in 2019. Um, so now it's nine. Hopkins. <laughs> in 2018, he dropped eight packs, eight passes. Okay. Hopkins dropped none. Was the most sure-handed season by a receiver. So Hopkins had 115 catches. No with drops. Zero drops. Damn, that's really impressive. <laughs> it's no wonder he got all that money. Yeah, he's pretty decent. Yeah. It's no wonder he caught 14 passes in week one or right. 16. Or something. But, the, but there's also a difference in catchable and inaccurate passes. And, yeah, that's uh, true. He caught 76%. Hold on. <laughs> this is a Cowboys podcast. This not isn't. A, yeah, this is a, a Cowboys not podcast. A, not a stats paid podcast. Anyways, it's not a big deal. Mitch, yeah. why did you put us on that? He dropped passes. You're no, <laughs> no I was being that. facetious. I wasn't being serious. <laughs> Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn needs to be fired. Julio Jones has never dropped a pass. Let's go. Ever. <laughs> Ever. All right. All right. So moving on now, we're <laughs> on to the uh, fantasy portion of our podcast where we talk about our can't miss Dallas Cowboy football players to start in fantasy football. If you got, okay. Um, so if anybody listened to it last week and started, uh, uh, lamb in your flex spot, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. You over 14. You're welcome. Uh, let me look exactly. Um, I do half point PPR. Um, he had 14 point. Let me see here. 
14. Sorry, this is great podcasting. Cue the music because my phone's not loading. <laughs> the, the clown uh, music. Yeah. <laughs> 4, 14.5 points and half point PPR. So I yikes. think we had, we had agreed on that one as well, didn't we? Yeah. We, we, I think we both said to play Lamb, um, but for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Wayne... Wayne had uh, had yeah. yeah had the ultimate cowboy stack which Boy, Lamb Schultz Dak and Zeke Dude, pretty sure that would have been re- done really well as well yeah it would have it done amazing and you said oh, throw Ridley in there did. yeah Ridley was in there running back with Ridley yeah he had a pretty decent game you would have made some money just yeah yeah you would have if you would have played that and then picked the right guys after that you'd have won a lot of money absolutely. So basically what we're saying is we're really good at picking fantasy guys for you to play. So that being said, um, I'm going to start this week with the uh, fantasy can't miss start of the week. Um, and the, mine is going to be based on um, what we already talked about, but weather. Um, if there is a weather or if the inclement weather becomes a factor, I think you obviously the obvious choice in the can't miss start is Zeke. Um, if there is not weather, I think you have to absolutely 100% cannot miss start Amari Cooper. Um, because as we mentioned, Seattle is the absolute worst against the pass. Um, they uh, ESPN fantasy football ranks them 32nd against wide receivers. So they're dead last against wide receivers. You have to play Amari Cooper. You have to play CD lamb. You have to play Michael Gallup. If you have them, they are the, E can't miss starts of the week. I'm going to feature though, Amari Cooper. I think he's going to have a great game. Um, if the weather is good. And then of course, Zeke, if the weather turns to shit and it rains like crazy and it's windy. Um, Wayne, who do you have for DFS for us this week? Um, I'm going to go with the exact same thing I did last week. And I say throw Dak, Zeke, CD Lamb, and Schultz into a lineup. Run it back with DK Metcalf. And enjoy. So the Dallas stack with the, the other wide receiver because you think it'll be a shootout. And DK Metcalf yes. will be scoring at will, basically. Um, yes. Well, because he did do really well against Stephon Gilmore last week. Anyone that can catch a pass from Dak, you should play. But since CeeDee Lamb and Schultz are cheap to be able to fit Dak and Zeke into your lineup, and then DK Metcalf is the cheapest of the two uh, good wide receivers over there in Seattle, I would say to uh, to run that stack. How close is uh, uh, DK or not DK? Um, how close are CD and Michael Gallup and uh, cost on DFS right now? This week they are almost the same. So if you were looking for less ownership, you could take Gallup over Lamb. Is CD cheaper? No, I mean I think they're the exact same price on DraftKings. Oh really? Okay. Maybe a hundred bucks, but nothing, nothing to be amazingly different. Right. Yeah. So. Once again, Wayne is going with the super stack. Um, and Daniel, what do you have for, as we, as we mentioned last week too, Daniel and I primarily focus on 
um, the redraft leagues. So we play the year long and, and Wayne primarily focuses, he does play year long, but he primarily focuses on DFS for us. So, um, Daniel, who do you have this week for your campus start for Cowboys? Dalton Schultz. <laughs> okay. There, so, okay. I, I so now there was one person that didn't pick him. I mean, okay. So if it's raining, I mean, to be Schultz. fair, Wayne, you picked everybody. So it's not really <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wayne wins every week. Cause he's going to pick, you know, like, <laughs> he's just going to pick everybody. Like I'm, hey, I'm, if our offense is going to be this good all year, I'm pick the exact same stack every week. Oh yeah. Like, like again, like, like until from, they get too expensive to play. Like from from last week, like I don't want to pick the obvious because like if you own Dak, if you own Cooper, if you own Zeke, you're gonna start them. That's a given. Yeah. So like, you know, unless you're playing in a six team league, then like if you're doing that, then find a new hobby. Um, <laughs> but for like ten team, twelve team, you know, and you know up. You know, most likely, you know, if you have one of those three guys, you're going to start them unless you've somehow lucked into getting the, you know, the elite, elite running backs, you know, and you're trying to figure out who to start over, you know, I don't crap. I don't even know Aaron Jones and Chubb and everybody, you know, whoever um, Dalton Schultz. I mean, you know, you got some injuries at tight end, um, you know, especially if you've got George Kittle, you know, if you're looking for a good start, um, for a few weeks until Kittle is healthy. Um, I don't think he's going to play this week. Um, so I think Dalton Schultz would be a good start. Um, and then if, you know, my, my prediction holds true and we ground and pound it, you know, they're not going to give Elliott 100% of those snaps. So Pollard might be a sneaky good uh, flex play. So those are my two. I would, st- I would stick with Schultz, um, Pollard. <clears throat> if you're in like a 14-team league and you need a flex, um, Pollard could be a good, uh, good pickup for you for, you yeah. know, 10, 12 points, <clears throat> you know, and, uh, I, I just got curious, um, whenever to my ESPN league, just to check ownership. And right now roster percentage for Dalton Schultz is only 1.8%. So yeah. he can be got in a lot of leagues right now. And he is definitely going to be putting up some points, especially now, you know, that he's the feature tight end. Um, and he's, proven that he is the tight end that we all on this podcast thought he was. So, um, <laughs> you know, just continue to catch those passes. Dalton continue to be our wit in 2.0 and, uh, we'll continue to ride that Dalton train. Dude. Okay. So if, if Dalton Schultz balls out this year and goes nuts and then we bring back, back Jake Blake, the, the, if we bring Easy back, for you to say. bring back Blake Jarwin, that was tough. Say that ten times fast. Bring back <laughs> Blake Jarwin. That's tough. Okay, if we bring him back next year and he balls out too, like I mean, come on now, you know we'd have two stellar tight ends. I I mean, I gotta say I love those tight ends, man. Mm-hmm. Those guys, they're the safety blanket of the the quarterback, and if you have two reliable ones, you are set. Yep. Um, so I can definitely get on that train for sure. <clears throat> All right. This is the part of the show where we roll into our all-time Dallas Cowboys team by position. This week, last week, we started with quarterback. Um, 
where I chose Troy Aikman as my QB one. Wayne chose Romo as his QB one, and Daniel chose Roger Stallback as his QB one. Um, I don't think this one's going to be as spread out. I think it's going to be consensus, honestly. Yeah. If it's if it's not, then um, I don't think we're on the same page. Clearly. Um, so uh, the the same page uh, website that I used last week to uh, pull from their pool pool p u l l pool from their pool p o o l of players. Um, We'll go with uh, these four running backs to choose from Emmett Smith, Tony Dorsett, Calvin Hill, and Zeke. Um, Calvin Hill being, I have, I, oh, <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm not fam- as familiar um, with. He's the only one that I'm not familiar with on the list, but. He is the fourth on franchise all-time rushing list. And, uh, of course, we know Zeke and uh, Emmett. Emmett's the all-time leading rusher in the NFL. And Tony Dorsett was just an electric player um, during his time. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so, I, you know, I'll just go ahead and say it. It's Emmett. Um, I don't know how it could not be Emmett. He's the best running back of all time. Um, by many accounts, uh, I would say had Barry Sanders been on a better team, Barry Sanders would have probably broken Emmett's record, but I don't think last Barry Sanders was stuck on a terrible team and quit playing early. So, um, but yeah, what were you going to say, Daniel? Oh, I was going to say that he, he, he retired early. That's what I was going to say. Like he, if he would have stuck around, you know, he could have come a lot closer. So, well, yeah, but I mean, he just his the franchise. I mean, it's historical, like how how terribly ran they were, um, and are. <laughs> um, how can you have two generational talents at two amazing positions, um, and both of them retire very early? You mm. know, uh, you know it happened with happened with uh. Calvin Johnson as well. Um, you know, just he got tired of the BS basically and and left. <laughs> you know, he could he could have probably played another at least five, six seasons. Um and that's being general or you know, that's being kind of conservative. <clears throat> so I but yes, all that to say, um I think the clear choice uh is Emmett Smith. If you put Emmett behind the line that we've had in the last few years when we're healthy, good grief, could you imagine mm-hmm. um, what he'd be able to do with this offense? Um, he was just a you know one of those generational talents, and and my one of my top probably three all time favorite Cowboys. Um, so I gotta go with Emmett Smith, Daniel. Who you got? I mean, it's obvious. Emmett Smith. I've got a picture hanging on my wall. Um, I don't know when I got it, but it's old. It's like on a in a wood frame, and or it's like it's like a wood plaque type thing with a frame on it 
uh, with a picture of Emmett Smith with like a little plaque that says Emmett Smith on it. And it's so old that the frame around it's kind of like falling apart. I don't know where I got it, when I got it, but I've had it since I was little. Um, and I've still got it. <clears throat> and a few years ago, a buddy of mine um, went to work one day and he, I don't know where he got it, but um, Emmett Smith's uh, Hall of Fame token or whatever it is in the case, he brought it and gave it to me. Um, I've always loved oh, wow. Emmett Smith. Um, it's, 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 it's pretty cool. I'll have to show you guys sometime. It's back in West Virginia. I'm not, I didn't bring all my, all of my Cowboys decorations and things that I've got laid out with me down here. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely Emmett Smith. I mean, all, all time rushing leader. Um, and just a good dude. He's just a good guy. I'll follow him on Instagram and yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's one of those that's, uh, you know, the, you always talk about, especially more so in, and, um, well, at least we, we relate to it more so in the college level because we don't have any pro teams here in West Virginia, but, but Emmett Smith has just always been an ambassador for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even, even after he left and, and went and finished his career in, in Arizona, which was so weird. Yeah. Um, just felt wrong. Um, but even after that, you know, he, <clears throat> he finished his career there, but still, you know, is an ambassador and, and loves the Dallas Cowboys. So, um, he, he definitely, it's it, for me, it's the no brainer, but, mm-hmm. uh, Wayne, I don't want to assume, but, uh, who, who are you picking? Well, I'll take a long way around to get there. Um, so I'll say that when I was, I was in grade school, obviously, when um, we were winning Super Bowls with the Cowboys, um, Dad had uh, the autobiography of Tony Dorsett. And that was one of the first books that was more than like 20 or 30 pages that uh, I read um I read it for a book report and uh, obviously I was a Cowboys fan. So everything I could learn about him, um, even while Emmett was playing, you know, to me, Dorsett was just like the man, like just to read his childhood and, um, you know, how he grew up and, and then what he ended up accomplishing. And the fact that he played for the Cowboys, I was like, man, this guy's the best ever. Um, looking back, I will say that, um, Emmett Smith had the best career of any um, cowboy running back yet. Um, I also think um, we wouldn't be where we were in the 90s with Emmett if we hadn't had Herschel Walker, um, <laughs> which, by the way, this is the best um, – trade in NFL history. Oh, hands like, down. Not easily. Close, yeah. dude. Like the Vikings guy. Well, the best um, tra- the best one-sided trade for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's what I mean. They got for us, for us. Um Yeah. So for, hey, go basically uh, Wayne, sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Go over that trade cuz I know that um so, so some people that I know that listen to the podcast probably don't know the yeah. details of that trade. All right. So in 89 um, and, and everyone thought we were the stupidest team in the world for doing this, right? Because it's like the peak of Herschel's career. Okay. So we make a package deal 
um, five players and six draft picks for Herschel Walker. Okay. Five players. The players were Jesse Solomon, linebacker, Isaac Holt, defensive back, Darren Nelson, running back, linebacker, David Howard, and defensive end, Alex Stewart. But those six draft picks turned into Emmett Smith, Russell Maryland, Kevin Smith, and Darren Woodson. Darren Woodson. <laughs> so you got Darren Woodson. What, <laughs> Hall of Famer? Is he a Hall of Famer yet? Uh, I, uh, I think so. Hang on, I'm looking. If he's naughty already, he should be. Um, Emmett. so you got Emmett. Um, Russell, Maryland. Uh, <laughs> I mean, dude, so I would like to just on principle say that Herschel was the best, was the most valuable player we've ever had at running back. But um, but I'll just join in with you and just say Emmett. Um, but I, I just wanted to touch on that because – you know, I really did like Herschel even after he left. Um, and I got to see the tail end of his career uh, when I was young. But the respect I had for Dorset, even though that he was a pit guy, um, dude, that guy was good. Do you know that he ran a, a, a 4 3 40 yard dash in his last year of playing? Um, so he went to the Broncos after us, and the Broncos tried him out. He ran a four three forty for him at the tail end of his career. Damn. <laughs> but Emmett, Emmett was a man. Like nothing but <clears throat> respect there. But um he quits fumbling, man. Zeke could have some really good numbers, but I mean Sir, are you, are you going with Emmett or are you going with Tony? <laughs> I'm going with Emmett, man. I'm going with Emmett. But I mean it's just close. It's probably closer than you guys had just because you know, I did a lot of reading about the guy and, you know, right. I had a lot of respect for him. He had, before. he had personal investment. Just right. And that's before, that's before Emmett even collected all of his Super Bowls. You know what I mean? So, right. Yeah. So, um, Darren Woodson has not been inducted. Um, he's <laughs> he better been be. on the many lists of nominees, but he hasn't yet been inducted. He has been announced uh, in 2015, he was announced. Um, and inducted into the Cowboys Ring of Honor. Um, that was on August 4th, 2015. And um, the ceremony took place on November 1st against the Seahawks. Um, he's the eighth defensive player inducted into the Ring of Honor and just the second to have played in the 90s era, along with Charles Haley. Um and to give a little bit of a background on Calvin Hill, for those of you who are like us, the younger um, generation of of listeners um, and fans of the team, he played six seasons for Dallas in the uh, 60s and 70s. He started, well, he was drafted in 69 draft, 24th overall. Um, and he was part of one Super Bowl win and two NFC titles. And... Um, Played for Dallas for six seasons, made four Pro Bowls and two All Pro teams. So, uh, and as I said earlier, he's the fourth all-time leading rusher for the for the Dallas Cowboys. So, um, but that gives you an idea of the kind of player that he was. Um, that was Grant's dad, by the way. Just in case people were wondering, Grant Hill. It really is Grant's dad. I thought yeah. you were joking. No, man. So. So funny story about that is, um, is so, so yeah. a lot of things tie back to the Cowboys. But um, when I was younger, 
Um, I really enjoyed uh, Duke basketball and Grant Hill, and it was because of his dad being a cowboy. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not. It's not like I had the pleasure of watching him, but I knew that yeah. he was the dad of Grant and played for the Cowboys. So I was like, oh, well, let's watch this, and I really like watching them. So cool. I was a yeah, fan for a little bit, all because of the Cowboy connection. Okay. Uh, we'll never root for Duke, but I could get behind that association, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. after his I mean, Cowboys career, he went to um, the Hawaiians, which was a WFL league, um, the World Football League. And he played one season there and then came back to the NFL and played for the Redskins and the Browns and completed his career with the Browns. So, um, um, so but, I've got, I got breaking news, by the way. It's not about the Cowboys. Oh, okay. Uh, Giants signing Devonta Freeman one hour ago oh, via, via Ian Rappaport. I got him stashed on my bench. <laughs> <laughs> That's Wayne's guy right there. Yeah, it looks like I got to go through, and uh, I had some injuries at running back this week, so I got to figure yeah. something out. But anyway, sorry, not to, not not to derail the podcast, but Vonta Freeman. All right, all so right. Jason Garrett will misutilize him. That's cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, so going back and reviewing our all-time team so far. Right now, we have uh, our Cowboys um, all-time rosters set for quarterback. And um, uh, RB ones, um, I have Aikman and Emmett. Wayne has Romo and Emmett, and Daniel has Stallback and Emmett. <clears throat> so, that being said, we'll roll into our closing thoughts. Um, one thing I didn't mention at the beginning, um, I feel like it's a little bit better to put it at the end anyway, just to remind everybody: we need likes, we need ratings, we need. Um, reviews, shares, everything we can to get this podcast out to more people and more ears. So we are right now are available currently on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon, and through our, our uh, host site, Podbean. So please, um, at this time, you know, if you if you have a, any of those apps or use those apps, please uh, subscribe to our channel, subscribe to our um, our podcast link on Apple Podcasts so you get every podcast as soon as it comes up um, and and go on and like and share uh, comment um, on all of our posts on Facebook and anything that you want to be brought up during the episodes, we will happily um, take comments. Um, but definitely like our, our uh, Facebook page as well. And we also are now on Instagram at uh, lawn chair. Sorry. Lawn Chair uh, Cowboys and uh, our Facebook pages. The, um, does, is our Instagram the Lawn Chair Cowboys or just Lawn Chair Cowboys, Wayne? It is the Lawn Chair Cowboys. Okay. That's what I thought. I knew I knew one of them was different. So yeah. Instagram is the Lawn Chair Cowboys and Facebook is just Lawn Chair Cowboys. Um, so facebook.com slash Lawn Chair Cowboys. You can find our Facebook page and our our Instagram, and on those pages we'll be sharing, obviously our our podcast links, but we'll also have 
um, discussions throughout the week as news breaks, um, you know, talking about the games and whatnot. And we're always welcome, welcoming comments. And uh, we can mention you on air if you're interested. Um, we use Discord to uh, host our conversations. So if anybody is interested in ever joining us, um, we are interested in having guests. So um, make sure if you do want to join us, go ahead and download Discord and create a um, uh, create a, a name so that we can use that whenever the time comes to have you guys join our conversation. We'd love to have some some uh, extra voices in this conversation. As we said, you know, we want to run this as organic, just discussing, talking about our love of the team and our love of uh, the history of our team. Um, so the more the more ideas, the more voices that we have to, um, you know, entertain the, the masses, then the better. So I just encourage you again, once, once again, like, follow, share, rate, um, all of those things to help us out to get this podcast growing. Um, any other final thoughts, Wayne? No, not really. Just, um, maybe, uh, they mentioned that uh, today's Tuesday that we're going over this. That way people don't get too excited about us missing out on something that might happen tomorrow. Um, I think uh, share, like, uh, tell your coworker or the nearest Cowboys fan you know that, hey, man, give this a listen. Hey, uh, not just man. Hey, girl, you want to listen to this? Go ahead. Because uh, – uh, Daniel needs some girls too that like Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. Hey girl, listen to my podcast. That that's never gotten anybody laid. I don't care who you are. <laughs> Have you tried it? That was my best uh Daniel impersonation, by the way. I don't think I did very good. <laughs> hey girl, listen to my podcast. <laughs> I'll have to show you guys a shirt. Um I'll send you guys a picture after this. I'll show you guys a shirt. I'm not gonna say what it says on there, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> Um, I'm looking forward to it. We um, might have to uh, start hiding an Easter egg here at the end of the podcast to find out who's listening to the end. Maybe some kind of reward. Yeah, we should. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that idea. We, we can come up with something. That's a yeah, good idea. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's a really yeah, good idea. Something we let, something we uh, lay down in ten minutes. Uh, some people can uh, take advantage of from the time that we release the podcast till the game time and. Uh, go with it each week i like yeah that. so we're, so we're recording on tuesday last week we recorded on wednesday um we'll probably do one of those two nights every week um but you know most of the people will be listening to this later on in the week or closer to the game so we do want to make that clear that, that anything that changes in between now and then obviously we can't tell the future so <laughs> but um we would love to continue conversation on our instagram and facebook pages um, and that's where we'll try to interact with everybody. I will primarily be the one um, operating the Facebook page. Wayne has um, uh, created our Instagram page and, and is our Instagram guru, so to speak. Um, so he'll be interacting with you guys on there. Um, we can all be reached through Facebook. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, Mitchell Shaw and, and uh, Daniel Bonner and Wayne Mills are all the admins on the Facebook page as well. So. All of us will see your comments um, and whatnot, so we can all interact. Um, but we would love to continue the conversations, you know, throughout the week. 
um, as news breaks. We'll share it through our page and continue to uh, try to get those pages to grow and get more likes and shares. Um, we will be closing down the original Facebook group because for whatever reason, Zark Muckerberg and his goonies over there at the whatever compliance or whatever office would not let us change the name of our Facebook page um, because they thought that it would confusion for you fans that's even though you guys voted on it like come on yeah and that's apparently how dense they think our fan base must be i don't know so i had to create a brand new facebook page which i did today and uh put it out so if you were following our previous facebook page the dallas football team podcast um please go over to our new one the lawn chair um lawn chair Cowboys podcast page and follow us there and uh, stay up to date. I'll be decommissioning the original page at the end of next week. So um, let me let me add one thing in here. Um, this is for the Bills fans that have listened this far because I know there's a couple of you. <laughs> you can go ahead and share this on your page and feel free to write bad things about us in the description because people are probably going to listen to it but we appreciate you listening yes and the one um listener that i know can't seem to choose a favorite team he's that's got who like i was three of them. yeah um so go <laughs> ahead and, and do the same so <laughs> all right guys thanks for listening um my dog is starting to bark so that tells me that i need to get the heck off of here and let him go pee um what's, so that what's your dog's name Des. Why didn't I think of mentioning that the way before? Yeah. But yes, Des caught it. Um, <clears throat> my dog's name is Des after Des Bryant. I wish I would have named a Witten because Witten hung around longer <laughs> than Des did. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but oh, alas, man. I named him Des before Des left the Cowboys, and then he stabbed me in the heart. Well, the Cowboys, I guess, kind of did because they let him go, but. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening guys I uh, hope to see <laughs> you next week comment, like, share, review rate, give us five stars um, unfollow and refollow and review and rate again to give us more five stars uh, whatever you gotta do <laughs> to give if, us as many five stars as you can I don't know if do that it. works <laughs> does that work? create a new create a new email address in iTunes account and, and rate have us your again wife. have your wife have, follow us and rate have us your again. wife follow us and <laughs> Daniel will steal her no, no I will not <laughs> no I've been All there right, before, guys. let's not do that again All right, All right. <laughs> I, in my defense right, I didn't know yeah right that's what they all say let's go cowboys <laughs>